The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought, that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, 
The teacher is here, and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews, who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the count of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In Tennessee Williams' famous play, The Glass Menagerie, the protagonist, Tom, returns home from a night away where he's gone to a stage show, and he tells his sister, Laura, when he returns, about witnessing Malvolio the magician's coffin trick. Tom calls this the most wonderfulest trick because we nailed him into a coffin, and he got out of the coffin without removing one nail. Tom cannot shake his amazement at this magic trick, and he later tells his sister, you know, it don't take much intelligence to get yourself into a nailed-up coffin, Laura, but who ever got himself out of one without removing one nail? Lazarus would likely share Tom's amazement at this kind of miracle, and we should as well. That amazement has its origin in our realization at how easily a human being 
can find himself or herself in a coffin and how hard it is to get out. Lazarus fell ill, he found himself in the grave. Likewise, you and I will find ourselves in a similar predicament one day. The sins of our ancient parents, Adam and Eve, compounded with our own transgressions, put us in that nailed up coffin of death and damnation with our having no ability to get ourselves out. And of course, our mortality is not the only way that we find ourselves in the grave. It doesn't take much intelligence to make a grave out of a marriage. It doesn't take much talent to make a grave out of relationship with one's friends or one's children. It doesn't take much skill to make a grave out of a career or an idealized life that we once imagined we could or should live out day to day. Without much effort at all, we can find ourselves side by side with the psalmist today, calling out, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. We soon discover that like the psalmist, we wait for the Lord with our whole being. And like the psalmist and the disciples in today's text, and Mary, and Martha, and Lazarus, we cry out, we wait for the Lord with the expect expectation that he will act. When Martha tells Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when she tells Jesus not to enter the tomb because of the odor, she's expressing a kind of doubt about Jesus' intentions or his disposition towards Lazarus, towards her, towards us. With Martha, we have our share of doubts as we recognize our lives mirrored in Ezekiel's vision, a barren valley filled with the dry bones of loss and mortality. We are cut off from God, and we believe that hope has left the building. However, our Lord understands our doubt, and he responds with his gentleness. And the texts today reveal a remarkable outcome that only the Holy Trinity could bring about. Before Jesus enters Lazarus's tomb, he prays to the Father, not because he needs to, but because, as St. John Chrysostom reminds us, he wants to strengthen our faith with the knowledge and the assurance that the Father has sent him. The Father's intention since the fall in Eden has been to send his Son to enter this world of sin and death and have him bring you and me home for eternity. And of course, that is the very work that our Lord Jesus carries out by entering Lazarus's grave and calling him out of death to life. Jesus shows us the heart of what we will witness once again during the approaching Holy Week. He exchanges our sin and death for his life. He suffers and dies on the cross so that we might be, in the words of Paul, free from the law of sin and death. Likewise, Paul reminds us that the Holy Spirit liberates us from a mind that is governed by our own mortality. He frees us to live a life that is no longer controlled 
by the fear of the grave. For as he writes, if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Suddenly our lives are grounded in the recognition that we live in peace and reconciliation with God. And from that perspective, our Lord's raising of Lazarus is not simply a comforting historical account or the always something wished for that is just beyond our horizon. Jesus' resurrection and Lazarus's resurrection are also our resurrection today. For today, our Lord tenderly invites us to bring our broken and dead selves into this holy place. Here, he audaciously enters the tomb of our ears and fills them with the sweetest words of holy absolution. In the Holy Eucharist, he fills our emptiness with himself, his body, his blood, and all of his mercy and life and joy, all so that we might live a life of the spirit and not a life of the flesh. Our lives certainly teach us how easy it is to get ourselves in a coffin, but we do know one who got himself and us out of that coffin without removing a nail. And in doing so, he unbinds the strips of sin and death and loss and longing that strangle us. He removes the cloth of mortality from our face that suffocates us. And instead, today, once again, he clothes us with the garment of his own righteousness. And as we leave the nave of this church, we're well prepared for the journey ahead. As we face today and tomorrow and Holy Week and ultimately the day of our death when he calls us home. For today, as we run our fingers through the water of the font and make the sign of the cross and remember our Lord's gently bathing us in the cleansing waters of holy baptism, we know with complete confidence that the grave, the worst thing that we will ever face, is not the last thing we will experience. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.